0: This is Lead to Serve with Ed Taylor, a leadership podcast. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor of Calvary Church. We've been here for 22 years now, and we want to talk about things related to ministry and leadership. That's what this podcast is all about, and it is a more free-flowing conversation. Uh, the way I view this podcast and this time together is that you are sitting in the office with me or sitting at the coffee shop and I picture you across the table and we're just talking about different topics, anticipating questions. I get a lot of questions. So the topics of the podcast uh, are really developed too from your feedback. Uh, And I wanna encourage you as we start this fourth season that you do give us feedback. Uh, Go ahead and leave us a good review. If it's a bad review, tell us personally. But if it's a good review, leave it on wherever you get this podcast. It helps to change the algorithm or whatever. I actually don't know how it all works, but it does make the podcast easier to find. Uh, It does put it up on people's search engines. So leave a good review. uh, Post it on your social media. Let people know about it so that uh, we can grow together. Uh, The philosophy of ministry, of course, where I come from is Calvary Chapel, to where I was saved, where I was discipled. There is a fundamental philosophy of ministry that was passed down to me through Pastor Chuck Smith, through my pastor Jeff Johnson, and a lot of friends uh, that I have within the family of churches. But most of what we're talking about is universal. I mean, it's not like specific to one church movement not specific to, not even specific to pastors. A lot of people pass on the podcast, well, you know, I'm not a pastor, but, but the principles are for any area of life, uh, whether you're at home, whether you're at work or whatever it might be. We just wanna be better servants because we know better servants become better leaders. And for season four, at least for most of season four, we're going to have a guest, the same guest with us uh, so that I can also talk with him And then it's like, you're at the table, and Pastor Bob is at the table with us. And you may have heard him in previous broadcasts, Pastor Bob Claykamp. Uh, He's been married to his wife, Jeannie, now for 52 years. And his ministry uh, is wide-ranging. But most of the time he spent pastoring as a founding pastor, the planting pastor of Calvary Chapel in North Phoenix. He was there for 29 years and then handed, felt like it was in time, and, and very rare, actually. It's a very rare thing to do, uh, the, to many might look at it and go, before the time, maybe that can be a topic too. Uh, we'll have to jot that one down uh, to say, okay, uh, w- what about this time of transition and handing things over, not just church, but maybe you have a ministry you want to uh, hand over, but we don't want to get there. Uh, but that just hit me as I'm thinking about Bob as he's sitting here. Uh, but he transitioned the church to a younger man, uh, Pastor Jesse, and then went around for a few years, supporting, encouraging, uh, developing other churches, pastors. And then landed in Exeter, England as a missionary pastor uh, in 2013. He was there for six years. Then he decided, uh, for a variety of reasons, during the podcast, he may it may come time for him to share some of those. But he ended up coming back to the States. He landed here. So he's a part of our pastoral team here. Uh, and we're so blessed by him. And right out of the gate, I want to let you know you can reach him at BobClayCamp.com. BobClayCamp.com. So, Bob, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. It's a privilege. Well, the topic today, we want to talk about post-pandemic things. We don't really have a a direct bullet point of how to discuss this, but, but it's post-pandemic um, to some degree. I mean we're maybe post some of the more difficult times of the pandemic, um, but we're post-pandemic. Uh, there, there are great changes in the church. I was listening to another podcast yesterday. I've heard this both sides, Bob. A third of the church is gone, or a th- only a third of the church came back. Uh, yeah. And having yeah. to deal with uh, where are all the people, um, that has a uh, another consequence of where's the finances to help a church going, that has a consequence of where are all the servants, where are the evangelists, where that has a consequence of all the changes with either a third leaving, which is significant. I would say here at Calvary, anecdotally, because we don't count, we don't have a membership role, but anecdotally, 50% of the people left in one way or another.
1: That's something I've seen uh, across the board. I think that um there are there are some exceptions to that, but i'm I'm not shocked when I hear it from other pastors that because of fear, because of other situations, because of where they were meeting, because of the logistics, because of lack of servants, as you mentioned, it seems to be a whole new normal, and to try to fight to go back to the old normal just seems to be an effort and frustration. And I think that focusing on the old is actually robbing you from um, new opportunities that maybe you've been praying to have, but didn't expect it in this way.
0: Well, let's start there. Uh, Let's start there. There's obviously dramatic change. Uh, uh, I've been using the word unprecedented. It seems uh, kind of a frivolous word, but I don't know a better word to describe. This is unprecedented in my generation of ministry. This is in just the 22 years that I have been the senior pastor, lead pastor, whatever you want to call it, uh, that overseeing a church, never have I experienced uh, any of the pressures, uh, any of the challenges that have come our way, whether it, the criticisms have increased because you can never make the right decision for everyone. That's tr- true in ministry, period, but you can never, if you made this decision, these people were mad. If you didn't do this, these people were mad. So it's more criticism, more fear, um, more challenges in terms of the divisiveness of the church, but let's start with what you said. Uh, we're post-pandemic, to some degree, we're embracing an unprecedented time in the history of the church. What What is this, what is it that would want to cause pastors and leaders to want to go back to normal? What, they, they don't, maybe there's a, and we have to talk this out, right? Because you're sitting there, you're leading and you're like, I just want it the way it used to be. uh, And let's make decisions the way we used to. And let's, let's be, let's, let's, let's come together. Like nothing ever happened. What is it? What is it about that mindset that has captured some men and leaders?
1: Well, I think that, you know, we always like to default to what's secure, what we're comfortable with, what we have an experience based on and going through uh, the pandemic and all the changes and, to have an Easter service, for instance, for, for some that n- nobody was there because of the pandemic, especially in 2020, and never had they ever anticipated an Easter service, which is one of the largest services of the year, uh, to be just empty chairs. And you're trying to do a podcast in an empty room and make it not flat and dry, um, and so, you're always, every day, every week, there was something new, something new coming out on the news, something new, um, information getting from people, people being affected, people that you know and love actually passing away from the virus, and, and all that's going on. And then you just get tired, and you want to go back to what you're used to. But it's interesting, in the scriptures, God has always used crisis to bring forth his leaders, because he uses trials to to show forth what he's built into the person, because that which he's built is what comes out. And I had a, I used to have a little uh, picture in my office of a sailboat, and the caption was "Calm seas never made great captains," yeah. and and I think that this was actually an opportunity. You know, kind of like Romans eight twenty. All things work together for good, to right. those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And God is always working behind the scenes to bring something fresh and new out of crisis. He's always he's always working. He doesn't stop and and we have to hear His voice instead of the voice of the media to see what's next and to and to help the people have that same mindset because they're in that same role as well because there's a tremendous amount of fear that has been built up in people even subtly over these last 2 years
0: when you think of when you think of going back to normal is it the first of all would we try to do that with anything else like like would we would some massive change happen culturally something happen in the city um just say something like we got a new mayor and we don't like the new mayor in our city. We want the old mayor. Um, I I don't know too many people that pine after an old mayor. They learn how to adjust to the new environment. They learn how to adjust to the new leadership. Uh, It's kind of a lame illustration really because it doesn't uh, reflect what we're feeling now, but there's this, this sense of I don't know, and the church too, Like the, since we're kind of talking on the pastoral level, which for you listening right now, if you're not a pastor, this is how you can pray for your leaders, because this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're talking through. I mean, not so much here. I think we're navigating pretty well here. We're embracing change here. I think the next couple episodes, we're going to talk about change. Um, But certainly, this is a change that's been imposed upon us by the Lord. But this idea of uh, when you were talking, this verse popped into my mind, so I looked it up. It's Isaiah 43:19 God says behold I will do a new thing and it shall spring forth shall you not know it it will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert yeah. And I think the first step of evaluating our ministries our lives our homes is acknowledging that God is doing a new thing This is this is the first time I've ever experienced a global change. Oh yeah. It's not just the United States of America. This is a global shift and of course you have the eschatological issues where there might be a reset ushering in the antichrist. That's all true and that's a secondary discussion for another time. But the living it out daily and still expressing our our mission's heart to to serve our neighbor and love our neighbor like God is doing a new thing and and it's can you think of some ways that it's counterproductive to try to go back to normal? Well, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes
1: 7.10 that says, Do not say, Why were the former days better than these? Mm. For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Mm. We're not talking about throwing out core foundational issues of the gospel. We're talking about methodologies. We're talking about how the procedures, how we went about doing things, and what was our, our normal and the, when we talk about going forward and taking some new steps, new procedural steps, new fresh vision, that doesn't change the core of the gospel message. That has to always be the same. Jesus has to be the main thing constantly. And the gospel can't be adulterated uh, with fancy slang and and all the rest. You know, you have to really stick to the core Uh, Gospel and what it looks like in everyday life, even though it's a new normal for everyday life. But yet, uh, so often I have seen colleagues that have defaulted back to the way things, the way we did things in the past is always the way we should do it. But I think it's, it's forgetting what did things look like 200 years ago. And so, should we go back 200 years? Should we go back to... You know, the eighth century. Should we go back to the first century? I mean, you're you're missing the point. Um, you're you're getting caught up in the externals and missing the core life-changing image that, that the Holy Spirit wants to to do.
0: And I think that what you're saying there too, I, I picked it up from Greg Laurie, Pastor Greg. I don't know. I don't know that it's original to him, but I picked it up from him and I made it my own. Uh, where he just very simply says the message never changes but the methodology must change. And no matter how far we go back, uh, whether uh, I know our our family of churches has a problem of just stopping in the 60s, like almost everything started in the 60s. There was a lot of the church, not only before the 60s, but also outside of Calvary Chapel, um, that there's a broader church. Although... Going back to our heritage and our beginnings is fundamental. It's no problem. I, let's go back to the '60s. I wish I would have lived it. I mean, you were there, Bob. Um, what a dramatic, um, amazing time! But I wasn't there. Uh, yeah, and actually, we didn't. We didn't even know it was amazing. We thought, it, thought, was thought it was
1: just normal. normal. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and so, whenever we go back, because it is, it is okay to go back. It, we can go back 200 years. We can go back uh, 900 years. We can go back uh, to the origins in the Book of Acts. But anytime you go back. You've got to parse out two important things. You, you've got to learn the principles that are timeless and eternal, right. and then you've got to parse out how do they how are they applied. because if, if we have the right principle, and this is really good in terms of this post-pandemic type of ministry, if we have the right principle, it will be equally valid in every generation. If we got the gospel Let's right, totally agree. it's yeah. going to be right in any year. It's going to be right in any country. It's going to be right in any language transferable. So we can nail down the principle. Then we really need to be prayerful of how we're going to apply it. And then be careful that, you know, if you and I have the same principle, and I'm certainly, for instance, if we decide that we have the same principles on how to, to oversee our homes, our regular homes, our marriages, um, but you have... A, some different applications with Genie than I do with my wife. I, I need to give you space to have that application. That's right. But we hold the same principle. We're doing, we're, we're following the same God. We believe in the same um, merits of, of marriage and how God, but however it gets lived out differently. And yeah. I think that that's something that we're watching within the post pandemic. It's not just, I got to go back to normal. I mean, to me, if it's, if, if it's going back to normal, you're just putting an extra burden on. It will never be back. And, and it didn't, doesn't take a pandemic to teach us that. It will never be what it was five years ago. It's over. Five years is gone. We're not living yesterday. Um, today is a new day, and we need to embrace the day. We're abiding in Christ today. And, and if you pull out, I don't have my notes in front of me, but if you pull out your scriptures, your concordance, and just look up the word today, you'll see what a great emphasis God places upon the moment. Um, I think of the teachings of Jesus, don't worry about tomorrow, uh, sufficient is today. Uh, and what, what is yesterday? What can we change about yesterday? Absolutely nothing. And God has us in that essence of living out today. So if you're a, a mom or a dad or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher, and this, you have been wanting back, you have been wanting what was. I think that as we summarize, getting to a summary on this episode, that's a normal, that, that's not a bad thing. Uh, there's an equilibrium that you want back. Your feet was knocked out from under you. I remember our Easter services. I, the, the room was empty. I, I didn't think we would. I thought it'd be over by Easter uh, when it all came out. I didn't think it would. I no. One, I don't know how many of us really anticipated how dramatic it would be. But but you know we embraced uh, the opportunities that we had. I don't. It was it was it was hard. Um, but again, we're learning that you can do hard things and you can do things that you'd never think of and you. It's almost like God was saying, I am sovereign and all the affairs of man are not going to stop the gospel. That's right. The diseases, the famines, the pestilences, governmental decisions, not being able to meet in a room, uh, it's not gonna stop the gospel. It's not going to prohibit me from using you in in the work of my uh, son on the earth. And so there's two things that I heard in our discussion today that I think is good to summary, one is embrace. I think the word embrace" is important you You need to learn to embrace where you are in the situation you're in. if fifty percent of your church is gone, then it's time to reevaluate and readjust. If a third is gone, and we need to reevaluate and readjust, but also just deal with the emotion of it all. Um, pastors are not fond of preaching to empty rooms. Um, we talk about it, though. We go, oh, if it was just for three people, um, it it would be it, it would be the same as three thousand. Oh yeah. And and I think we mean it. I don't think that's a flippant statement. I think we mean it until you have three people in the room, mm-hmm. and then God's saying God's testing you on your words. Is it really about me and the proclamation of gospel? I mean, um, there was that I remember the time God tested me in a very dramatic way where I think it was five people maybe four or five people showed up to a midweek Bible study and cuz you know weather out here and all kinds of just stuff happens and and I remember having this sinking feeling and it was like the Holy Spirit goes are you not going to care about four people like are, like what's I mean God speaks to me yeah. kind of forcefully he goes what's your problem like what are you doing yeah. and then I had to say what am I doing why why do not why why do I and this was years ago so if you're listening to this podcast, this wasn't yesterday, but I remember looking at and God saying, I don't, you care about these four people that came for Bible study yeah. and you're looking at all the empty chairs. Um, and again, embracing the fact that we're going through it and then embracing, acknowledging your emotions and then don't mess with the basics. Yes. I thought that was super important. The foundation, there's a foundation of church that can't be messed with um, That that you have to embrace because... I think another part of adjusting to the post-pandemic thing is ch- changing all of our methodology, and then methodology gets changed, uh, or the methodology changes have a consequence of changing your philosophy of ministry, and yeah. and then your philosophy of ministry, which was tied in the scriptures, now you're going to have to deal with things that you were raised with, or uh, that you were yeah. taught, or that you were that you were given. Uh, to when you were discipled and when you were growing through that and and we don 't want to mess with the the fundamentals, um, but we also want to acknowledge it 's a different time, and a different time is going to require uh, different uh, responses. There was this big push it was such a great addition during the pandemic of all these churches that didn 't do online services uh, they didn 't have anything online didn't have any live streaming and The live streaming companies went um, ballistic in terms of adding capacity and thousands upon thousands of churches uh, were adding a live stream. And then pastors were going, oh, I had 100 million people watch my live stream. I I don't think they understood statistics very well, but um, all of a sudden now they're, at least it was a little bit of encouragement, some kind of numbers. uh, They were outrageous, some of these evangelistically speaking, outrageous numbers. Nonetheless... Uh, they embraced something really quick because they had to get to their people. It was primarily for their people uh, that the motive yeah. was yeah. and they had to get to them. But you know what I heard recently is now that now that we're post-pandemic, a lot of churches are shutting their live stream down. Um, and here's the mindset. And this is going back to the way it was. The mindset is this. If we have a live stream, people won't come to church. Oh,
1: gee. Yeah, I know. Uh, and there was a mindset yeah. of like, uh, you know, we've done fine without it, so why do we need it now? And, you know, if, if the Lord is in it, the people will will be there. And and it's just kind of spiritualized and coded over, and you you miss the opportunity. And then all of a sudden, they're trying to catch up, and uh, they're doing it because now they're desperate. And uh, And, you know, they don't have many funds, and pretty soon yeah. they're using, you know, their iPhone to try to make things work. And then, and then when the pressure's off they go well you know let's go back to the way it used to be because that's that was where god was really working and 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 they're they're looking to spiritualize their old methods and that's always a danger when you spiritualize the method instead of understanding it's the message the gospel is the power of god unto salvation to everyone who believes and you know, we constantly, as I go around and minister to different churches, there are different mindsets I run into and and you can make suggestions and you can present reasons, but you know, at the end of the day, they're gonna do what they what they're gonna do and the Lord will just use as much as we'll give him.
0: Yeah. And I think the 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 opportunity, I, I guess just using that as a very direct example is Don't get rid of some of the gifts of life that God has given you. Maybe in your home, as a dad, you started doing things differently because of the pandemic. Now that it's over, don't revert back. Embrace some of the new changes. Um, Embrace some of the extra uh, opportunities that God has given you, because you don't want to lose the. We have to accept that if God's going to do a new thing, then we're going. He's going to do something new in us. New means new. Uh, That's what it means. It means that you're no longer operating on the old, but you're doing something new. And in particular, again, I guess from the Lord, like a word of wisdom, but if you're a pastor and you're not keeping your live stream, I remember when live streaming first came on, uh, there was a prominent pra- pastor in our family of churches that um, provided a live stream to his church, but you had to call the office and get the password to to watch it. And in order to get the password, you had to prove that you were a part of the church, and you had to prove that there was a reason why you weren't coming to church like the, you had to uh send a doctor's note you had to there was some interaction I never participated in it uh, but there was some interaction that said you we are not going to let you come if you don't come to church, you will not be able to experience our worship services um and I think that there's a mindset now it's a little different now it's like because of all the church world and oh, people aren't coming back to church. They're only watching online now, and 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 pastors might think, well, if we don't provide an online stream, then they'll come back. No, it, that's not what's happening. They don't want to come to church. They don't think it's important. They don't see the value of Acts two forty two. Um, they may there, there could be a thousand different things, and quite frankly, of the people that I've met and talked to personally, the issue of live stream was start first utilitarian, it started utilitarian, but then it became, uh, I just didn't want to come back. And the Holy Spirit had to convict them. It wouldn't matter if we provide a live stream or not. It was a heart yeah, issue. you
1: get comfortable. <clears throat> yes. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to go to church in their PJs and drink hot chocolate? Yes. I mean, you know, that's, that's how it is. People like their comfort zones.
0: Yeah, so I, I didn't want to make this about a live stream, but it is a good illustration, right? Because <laughs> uh, it is, we, we could create some new bad habits, uh, even as leaders, uh, and so the two things, embrace the change and stay, stay close to the fundamentals. Don't allow the basics, the fundamentals, the essentials be adulterated, uh, but rather build upon them and revisit them and make sure that they are the core part of your leadership. And don't let anything replace that strength of your passion and ministry. Uh, And so I know it's hard, and we want to acknowledge that. It's been very, very hard here. Uh, However, it's also been very, very good here. Uh, I describe it to some. I was just telling somebody the phrase I've adopted for this is, it's not too many times does God give you a second chance when there's no... major catastrophe. Like a, like usually we refer to second chances when we're teaching through the word, uh, when you fail, when you deny, when, you, when there's gross sin. And of course God gives second chances, but I'm viewing this in the lens of, man, this is not merely a second chance. Like it's a new opportunity, a fresh opportunity to revisit every single thing we do in this church and to revisit what's important, what's not. God, what do you want? What do you don't want? Uh, and it's been it's been fascinating, but it's been a lot of work. It's been tiring. Yeah, you, you, you have
1: to communicate that too. I mean, you can, as a leader or even a leader of your home, if you're going to make some changes, you need to communicate it to your spouse. You need to even communicate it to your kids. I mean, there's, there's that aspect seems to be dropped. And uh, they just, you know, so often I've heard it said, where, I, um, well, I just went up there and said, this is what we're going to do now. And, and it, people were going, what? I don't understand. Why? And there was no communication to help uh, develop the vision because the vision happened in, in the leader's heart over time, but they're not thinking, okay, how can I help them go through the same process to understand the vision and um, the new direction that we want to go? So if, if communication is cut off, then you're really um, asking for uh, more drama (laughs) I mean, in the midst of it. There's already drama in the world. I mean, every night you open the news, it's drama.
0: Very difficult. This is the end of episode one, season four. We're in studio with Pastor Bob Claycamp, and we're going to be talking about various things, just like we are now. We want to hear from you, so email us. Uh, You can email me directly at ed at edtaylor.org ed at edtaylor.org, uh, and this is the Lead to Serve podcast. We have a lot of different ways to connect with us. Uh, Pastor Bob is also a part of a ministry called Poiman. Uh and yeah, that's a, a ministry that has pastors going around the world uh, supporting churches. So if you're a church that needs support, uh, you can contact us. And whether Bob ends up doing it or one of the pastors here, uh, we, we, we are a resourcing church. And, and I know it's uncomfortable, it might even feel awkward to reach out and go, well, I don't know you very well, or I've never talked to you, or whatever. all those things, just dismiss them all. Email me, it'll come right into my box, and we will do the best that we can with the resources we have to encourage you, to strengthen you, to answer your questions, uh, to provide opportunities. One of the big things, I don't know when we're going to, what's the word, drop. Drop is the word. I don't know. when We're going to drop all these podcasts uh, when this when this is actually going to be available. But in in October we have our refresh conference, and that that is something you have to be at. You need to be there. Um, and this is not a conference in a typical sit around and sit through Bible studies. Although we will have Bible studies, it is a relational time for you to meet new people, for you to serve one another. It's not a time of comparison and competition and how big's your church and you believe in that and I don't believe in none of that nonsense. This year, actually, we're adding a day for some fun, some extra special fun. And it's for pastors, leaders, elders, deacons. Uh, It is for men and women in ministry, people that are serving, people that want to serve. And you can get all that information at our website, calvaryco.church. Connect with us. I think that's the important thing. Spread the word on the podcast. So many people are listening already, um, but you can help by sharing this with your friends, maybe doing a small group uh, discussion. Um, But we're grateful that you've chosen to join us. And I hope these conversations, I mean, I don't just hope, I know they are. It's edifying for me, just listening to Bob's perspective and growing and thinking things through and being reminded. I I just learned something talking to Bob right now, just listening to him. It's because I take it for granted, but the communication piece is very important what to communicate, when to communicate, how to communicate, but it is important to communicate well. So communicate your views, email us, call us, uh, DM us if you want, calvaryco.church. Thanks, Bob, for being here. Great. And uh, we'll be back in the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Serve with Pastor Ed Taylor a leadership podcast from Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. If you have a leadership question you want to hear answered on a future Lead to Serve podcast, please email it to pastored at calvaryco.church. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe, rate, or review us on iTunes and share us with your friends on social media. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on the Lead to Serve podcast.